keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Laugh at him and you're undone, but in some dreadful fashion, vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase or blot a plot that he has brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot he'll conjure your undoing. Bolted doors and windows barred, guard dogs prowling in the yard, won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. It's the great pumpkin! He's rising up out of the pumpkin patch! What happened? Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, you're with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. October 29th at Aura in Portland, Maine. Dinoween. No. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Fuck. Hi, Dean. I like that. I like that. Yeah. The show formerly known as Purple Brains, you'll have to forgive me. It's been an annual Halloween show called Purple Brains. It's not called Purple Brains anymore. It's called Halloween, but there is going to be some Prince tribute going on. There's going to be some original music going on. There's going to be a costume contest, and we are your hosts for Woo. the evening. All of us are going to be in the house, on stage, backstage, front of stage, doing our thing. Unclear exactly what that is. But you can get tickets at uh, auramain.com. 20 bucks, 18 plus the next night. Halloween Eve, October 30th, we are hosting another film screening. We're going to be showing the 1982 classic Basket Case at the Ephodian Theater in Portland, Maine. 7 p.m. doors, 8 o'clock the movie, 5 bucks. We're going to do a costume party of our own and just have a general Halloween party. So come see us and hang out at uh, the Ephodian Theater and enjoy one of our favorite movies. We talked about Basket Case. I think that was back on our... So bad, it's good episode, which I regret um, putting it in that category now. I, Was it? It's the king of that. Yeah, it's not so bad though. It's so good, it's good. That's what <laughs> I, I say know. about it. I now, don't know about that. This week, it's Dave's. I guess it's it's Dave's witchy week. Is that your witchy? Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna start out with uh, a movie that I had never heard of, and thank you very much. From uh, 1981, was filmed. 82, released in Italy. Not really released in the States until uh, VHS 85 called Superstition. Yes, I love this movie. Um, I think I'd seen this back in the day because uh, I recognized the cover art, but I didn't remember the movie. But um, there's something I, I wanted to talk about when it comes to these movies from this era uh, is I was recently triggered by Big Box VHS. Do you remember Big Box VHS? No. There was uh, like, well, this is a video nasty. And to us, we, nev- we never really heard the term video nasty. We just heard banned movies. Right. So uh, you'd go to a horror uh, VHS place and you go to a horror section of that. And I remember I was on vacation with my family and we went to like a bigger city than Portland. 
you know, I, I don't know if it was Hartford or somewhere in Pennsylvania, but we're on vacation. We went to a video store and the horror section had a like a thin veiled like black curtain. And then behind that was the band movies. Wow. And they were big boxes. And I don't know why okay. they're big boxes. I know what you mean. Yes. I know yeah. what you mean. Yes. yes. And they're not. Yeah, maybe this. they were printed at some lower place that it can only do the big box. But the VHS was the same size, obviously. But the packaging was bigger. And I would just get, I just glimpsed past this curtain and I saw these things. And, you know, when you're that age, and you're like maybe eight or nine, horror movies, like everyone's lying to you all the time. Uh, They're lying to you about Santa Claus. They're (laughs) lying to you about the Tooth Fairy, the Stork, and all this stuff. And, you know, like the thing about horror is it told the truth about fear and the dangers that are out there. So as a kid, when you begin to learn of all these things that could potentially harm you, horror films become like your ally. Yes. Uh, you know, and so, like, I was always like, you know, I watch these horror movies. I know not to stick my finger in a light socket. I know what a blade does. And what's beyond this curtain? What is worse than death? Hmm. Like, why are these movies back here? What are these big boxes? And I remember uh, also, uh, like, out on a vacation somewhere with my family or my grandmother or something, when I was very young, we stayed at a hotel and they rented VCRs that you could take up to your room and they had like a very small smattering of VHS tapes like like in the ring you know like that lodge <laughs> that has like the VHS tapes in there and I and I remember seeing one big box I couldn't even see the cover I didn't see what it was but I saw that it was a big box movie and I remember being terrified that that was on the same property as me you know what I mean but I still wanted to watch it but uh, that's how, like, the video nasties affected me, and that's, like, the comfort I took in, like, horror films being, like, the big brother that kind of, like, told you what life was really like, and it wasn't the stork, you know, like, you have sex and all that stuff, and, and passion and rage and all that stuff that all came from horror movies. So Superstition is a video nasty uh, directed by James Robertson. Um, which if you research online, it says it was released in 82 and it was shelved, I think, because of the video nasties, like you were saying. And it was released in the States as Superstition and overseas as The Witch. And strangely, it was uh, more successful in the UK where it was extremely banned and where it was originally uh, labeled and censored. Uh, It stars James Hooten as Reverend David Thompson, who's been tasked with renovating an abandoned house on a church property Uh, due to a series of constant mysterious killings that date back to the 17th century. Yes. Um, uh, There is suspicion of occult activity. There is a witchy neighbor, Elvira, and her mute son, Arlen. Um, David, with the help of his family, the Leahy family, who is about to move into the house, uh, construction crew, uh, the clergymen, the local police, and another reverend, played by Stacy Keach Sr., is that uh, um, now, that's Stacy Keach's dad? Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, David then begins restoring and cleaning the house. It's like an evangelist real world episode meets hoarders. Uh, yes. It also stars future <laughs> uh, scream teen Billy Jane from Demon Warp, which is a great Bigfoot movie that I love. 
uh, Bloody Birthday, Cujo, Dr. Alien, and the 80s classic Just One of the Guys. You remember Just One of the Guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the That's, football helmets over the boobs. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I think that was what like you and I going through puberty, Like that might have been the first time we saw boobs. Yep. It's Just One of the Guys. That was a big like PG, not even 13 yet. I think it was just PG, and there was a boob thing in it. Um, other than that, I don't really know any of the characters' names, and I'm not entirely convinced they know each other's names. No. <laughs> um, there are like I, I 12 you, people in yeah. one house, and many of them never interact with one another. <laughs> um, people just start showing up, and it's never really explained why. Um, there's all this murder and all this darkness surrounding this house. It, it sets off with a Lover's Lane kind of prank, gone into some great practical effects, um, and then uh, you don't you don't really know uh, what's going on. You don't know if it's a ghost or a witch or whatever. Um, but people are just showing up, and and you're you don't care why they're showing up. You're just happy that they're showing up to die. Yes. It's slowly revealed that there is a witch trial that happened in the 1600s, and the house and the property have been cursed uh, by the witch uh, Landra. Uh, and this movie has it all. I mean, bad editing. Sped mm. up motion, yes. slow motion. Yeah, the storyline and narrative move along like a school play. They barely make sense. The acting <laughs> is laughably bad. Yes. Uh, there's a random little girl that shows up named Mary for no reason. They never explain what Mary's deal nope. is. She's not Alondra because nah. her name's what... Mary. No idea. Um, uh, I'll dispute that. Okay. Okay. All right. But mm. I would say with all those faults. Uh, the graphic depictions of the creative ways to die, like I was talking about, that I was looking for as a little kid, and an amazing 1600s backstory sequence, to me, made this, all like all the bumbling missteps along the way, more endearing. I think this is a lost and forgotten gem. I hope you guys love Superstition. I thought this was super fun, and I love the practical effects. Loved it. This was another one that I was just marveling at where you found this movie. I am a horror enthusiast. I spend more time than I would care to to admit or to add up just reading about and listening to stories about horror movies more than I can ever see. I know about more horror movies than I'll ever see before I die. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. <laughs> and I have never heard of Superstition I love this movie. This is, uh, it reminded me like of Tourist Trap, another uh, lost gem that you dug up that I hadn't heard of. I wouldn't put it on that level, but I would certainly put this on the level of uh, Blood Harvest or Blood Beat, easily better than those probably. But this isn't a realm of like good quote unquote uh, filmmaking or better or worse. This is just, to me, it's archaeology. And I loved the gore in this movie. This kind of reminded me, and it's interesting, this was released in Italy, and there was even a different trailer. I looked for the, the original trailer, and I couldn't find it. This only got like a short West Coast run, from what I understand, in the States, and then it was shelved, like you said, until 85 and put out on VHS. But I thought that was interesting because this reminded me a lot of some of the old Italian horror movies where you're kind of going from gore scene to gore scene. You're kind of waiting... For the next, and, and this does deliver. You've got um, hacksaws flying off for no reason and killing people. You've got guys in elevator. I guess it was an elevator shaft. I don't know. What, what was that? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I feel like the supernatural element is very American, though. It, uh, well, I mean, I would I would liken this to like House by the Cemetery, the Fulci. Um, I think that this is 
pretty firmly in that realm. I loved right away, you get somebody's head in a microwave, you get a, a decapitated guy, and then if that's not enough, his head gets blown up in the microwave, and then the next guy gets split in half. Mm. Uh, I, I was like, okay, here we go right away. That That's enough for me. The rest of the story, it's actually kind of confusing, as you said, the editing yeah. and stuff. It's one of those movies I always love when you're not sure like where people are sometimes. What Which house are they in? Are they in the same house? Do these people know each other? What exactly is happening? They, but I they did, pull up uh, screeching in a car. You have no idea where they just came from. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I did figure it out on a second watch. Now I can say I do understand the story, but it was a little bit confusing for something so simple. But I love that about it. This was great. Great, great time. Great pick. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the same boat in that I think my favorite thing about this movie was the copious amounts of, of gory murders and that basically everyone gets it. They're... It's not just the pets. No, and the, it's literally like yeah, kids. This is, the whole this is Game of Thrones level. Every it was like the Red Wedding for an hour and twenty seven <laughs> minutes, basically. Um, right off the bat, cut in half guy with the window. Ah, it was I was like, so oh okay. Good. And then you've got the table saw death, um, stake through the head. I could ah. go on and on and on and on. Um, as far as the rest of the movie goes. I'd say that part, those parts left a little more to uh, to be desired. Mm. Just, you know, it was a interesting haunted house movie. I don't, again, not really sure about the story. They had a new, like, reverend came in, right? Like a new yeah. guy. And yes. he's an alcoholic. And, ever, oh, he drinks. Oh, he's got to dry out. I'm like, why right. was that such a big right. part of the plot line? You mean Beverly Hillbillies guy? Yes, Beverly Hillbilliesman. Oh, I know. Um, I recognize that guy. <laughs> but yeah, so that was just weird. I'm like, why do they, does this have to do with anything? I uh, I liked my girl Elvira. I thought the mute guy, he was he was a hottie. You know, I wouldn't um, not hang out with that guy. Wait, the nonverbal guy. Arlen? Mute Arlen? guy. He was a hottie? I don't know. He he didn't look that bad. <laughs> he looks tall. Trent, you have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say it was the most interesting movie I've ever seen, but it was just a fun, you know, a fun little, um, you know, murdery kind of thing. My eyes weren't glued to the screen unless someone was getting like parts of their body like torn off, basically. Uh, but it was like a nice little bloody scary story. I'm I'm still impressed that Dave keeps unearthing these movies from I know. nineteen the I know. early nineteen eighties, <laughs> and it's like. You know, when are you going to run out? I don't think ever, and and I don't believe you. I, I think that you have, like, this secret stash of your own big box VHS, like, under your bed. And every week or every other week or so, you, like, kind of, like, reach under there and just pull one out. And you're like, ah, this week we will do Superstition. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree with just about everything that everybody else said. I'm here for the deaths. I, mm -hmm. I did not really enjoy this movie, other than how comically bad some of the acting is. Um, and yes, the, the practical effects and the deaths are really good, but even some of those made me laugh. Like I was cheering when the head exploded in the microwave because oh, it looked one. so cheesy, I know. but it was so satisfying <laughs> that I was like just sitting in my office by myself, like, yes, <laughs> like I just saw that. Like, thank you. And basically I agree with you, Kat. From that point on, it was Okay. Like, how many convoluted, like, twists and turns can you try to throw in here? 
that honestly, even if I did understand it, I don't know how interesting it would be. I think at the end of the day, it's as simple as a witch was ex executed in 1692, the place is cursed, and people that come here die. Why did you have to take me you know, through a rat's maze for something so, like such a simple premise? And yes, so just like, not to keep bringing up James Wan. I don't want to make Dave and Trent mad again. No, but there's yeah, there's I was conjuring the same thing. vibes big time. Yeah, and like you said, Dave, and the nun. one of the problems I had with the Conjuring is there's like 17 characters and like kids in that movie, and at the end of the movie, I couldn't tell you one person's name. Right. And in this one, it's like same. like all these people keep showing up, and other than what is it, da David, Reverend David, only person I could tell you the name until names like. Arlen, Elvira, mm. uh, some of those like start popping up. I mean, Elvira is an obvious one. We're all gonna go to a quick reference point there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're gonna understand that. But yeah, I mean, it is. If you're a fan of horror, particularly the '80s, early '80s. Uh, if you're a fan of Jalo, I do think this does have like mad Jalo vibes at time. Uh, this is just another one of those. Old school indie, you know, clearly made out of passion flicks that you should yes. at least give one spin. I, th I would have liked to have seen more of The Witch. That was the only thing. Yeah. I liked how similar it was to Pumpkinhead. Both movies predominantly feature clawed hands. So you mostly see the clawed hands of The Witch. But I was struck by how much it resembled to me The Nun. And not only that, I thought the coolest thing about The Witch story in this is that usually when we're watching horror movies like The Devils, for example, or other other ones that we've seen, it's usually about the folly of the witch hunts. The This movie is about an actual, they killed an actual witch. Mm -hmm. the, this one, they got it right for one time, and then they got, <laughs> they got haunted point. for a couple hundred years after that. There really was a witch. I liked the haunted pond. That was <laughs> stagnant, good. gross, <laughs> a gross, stagnant sitting and then water. The cross, uh, so like they removed the cross from right. the pond that was a when mistake. they're dredging it, looking for the body of the cop, who the cop body. That kind of just then, goes by the wayside. Yeah, like again, just another death that we're yeah. trying to follow. But yeah, and that's what sparks the super murder of the witch. But she was already murdering people before. But Elvira was very specific. That because the cross had been taken out of the pond, and she put, could move in daylight at that point. That's okay. That's when it is. It's not just yeah. like the night. And then the mute, the hot mute, um, was the one. <laughs> I feel like I was <laughs> nonverbal cat. Can you? Can you we, said mute we, first. I didn't know. Somebody no, said you, mute. No, you. Well, it's not that. I'm it, taking the he cue. He just wasn't that hot. Well, that's you said, what Dave said. He was hot. That was that's odd, the part I have issue yeah. with. Let's it's uh, listen. Nonverbal man. There's something about. Behind those eyes, you know, he's got some. <laughs> um, I've heard that before. <laughs> um, anyway, he's the minion of of the witch because Elvira yeah, was like he keeps mistress. her. I was oh, confused Elvira's about their relationship. Son, Elvira's son is the nonverbal. He seems like man. to me. I thought he was keeping the witch kind of in check. As yeah, I think best he, he was could. like trying to help. That's what I'm saying. And right. that's but that's what Elvira said is that he was like keeping her at bay or whatever, and he's living in a secret room, van down by the river. Down, but no, he wasn't in a van. He was in the basement, right? Yes. I still yep. don't. Yes. Yep. Okay. No, you got it. Oh, yeah. so I got. Yeah, they I had to throw the in plot. like a secret room. Yeah, and then they're like breaking down the wall to like find his weird like posters. I don't know, and then like dead bodies. So yeah, was he killing people? We don't know. And it was also early for these kind of uh, practical effects to be in a movie where 
like Amityville Horror, it was an invisible entity or like an inanimate object is killing you like a windowsill or a microwave. You know, so that, that was kind of cool to see this uh, as early as 82. It's a great bikini in this movie, too. There's some eye candy in this, and I liked the humor with the, the detective. Uh, he's talking to the, the priest and say, what does he say to him? Like, oh, you do notice women or something like that. I always some wonder about you guys, uh, you guys from the priesthood, a little bit of uh, topical. As you should. You got to read the good book. <laughs> <laughs> both, both movies this week, surprisingly religious undertones. I, I would argue that Pumpkinhead is a deeply religious film, and we can get into that, but that, I mean... Both of these movies do that. I mean, it's hard to do uh, witch movies without an element of folk horror. And I think they both were kind of folk horror, witch horror. Like, I mean, almost like this one's almost like a haunted house. Like the like the first half of it plays out like a haunted house until you know what's happening. I would like to suggest a new genre, folk horror. Oh, no. saying that because okay. I sl- I slurred no, folk horror. That's not what I. That's not why. But it did spark some ideas, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just uh, I'll wrap it up for me. Uh, like I said, this is one worth a watch. Uh, a lot of the actors in the movie, I I don't really know. I mean, a lot of them are TV actors. I didn't even you bother. Cujo, Inspector Sturgis is played by an actor called Albert uh, Salmi. Uh, kind of a sad story for him. He would go on later in life to uh, kill himself and his wife. Oh, my God. Now, so, who was he? Uh, he was Inspector Sturgis. Oh, my God. The lead detective? Yeah. Mustache? Killed himself. Yes. Later oh on, my God. he was on like his, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth wife, ended nice. up killing her and himself. What, a double, a murder homicide? Or a murder suicide? Murder suicide. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, James Robertson, the, the director of this, one of his other credits includes... Pretty Woman. What? What did he do uh, with Pretty Women? Pretty Woman. I think he was a cinematographer. Oh, I thought. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I did. I didn't see. I did he direct? I think this is his only, the only movie he directed. Right. I I didn't see anything. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot more. Uh, and you get that a lot in early '80s horror, like someone just take a stab at horror. <laughs> it, uh. it took me two viewings to really understand that they killed the son. Because as as you guys have been saying, there's so many characters that come in and out. I was confused the first time. Like, I don't know, as a kid, what happens off screen, and you just see him upside down. Yes, and then later Halloween you see him, right, you see him hanging upside down. I thought that was pretty brutal. And then the the little girl, I guess Mary, again the nun, Mary points the way. So there's this little girl. I guess she's like a spirit, or she's yeah. an embodiment of the the witch. I think so. That's what I think. I thought it was so obvious. You have a little girl come out of nowhere in like a little pink dress or whatever like and three say her scenes, name, Max? Say her name's like Mary. I was like, ghost. But her name should have been like Ellie. And then it was like Alondra is the witch and it would be like, oh, that's Ellie as a child with some premonition. <laughs> You know what I mean? mean? Like I to think, me, I it seemed like it was spending supposed to time be trying to rewrite this movie is time <laughs> not <laughs> well spent. It's true. It's true. Like like when I was talking about being a kid watching movies like this, this is exactly what happened because I was like spaced out. I wasn't paying attention to any nuance or any acting or anything like that. I was just there for the stuff that happened, the gore. And at this point, VHS, like we could bring these movies home with us. I don't know if you understand, but before the, this VHS revolution, it was like you would see a movie on television and it would be doctored for television so it wasn't scary. Like the scariest you'd get would be like the Night Stalker or uh, like Trilogy of Terror. 
And everyone the next day after they watched it on television would be talking about it. Like your grandmother saw it. Your mom saw it because that's what was on TV that night. And that was horror then. And then you get to this era and you're bringing these VHS tapes home and you're watching them multiple times and you maybe don't return the VHS and you watch it multiple, multiple times. Then the cops come to Trent's house. No, that was my house. That was my house. Uh, well, that happened to me, too. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, so so yeah. both of you. Sheriff, yeah, yeah. There's so many people. If you count, like, the the service workers, the construction workers, and all the, you know, the religious people, then you have the police, and then you just have the family. And who I was saying, like, people never interact with each other. There's some characters that never once <laughs> never interacted another. <laughs> with another person in this, I don't know, maybe it's a giant house, but, I mean, there's, like, 15 people in there. A major flashback movie. Half of this movie, oh. half of the story is told in this flashback to which is the, amazing. The sixteen hundred best part of the movie, I thought. <laughs> Appreciated that. So all it's like hard enough to keep up with what's going on, but then all of a sudden you have these flashbacks to sixteen eighty two or whatever it is when the original uh, witch is correctly identified and killed. Not you know, it wasn't hysteria; it was an actual witch. So that that kind of is like cut in and out with with the rest of the movie, which makes it even more confusing than it already is. But the very, very, very ending, it ends like we've often talked about, we love that three-second ending that horror does where it throws something on the end where all of a sudden everything you thought was all right is not. Uh, Like Friday the 13th is like one of the most classic examples of that. Yeah, yeah. Jason comes up out of the end, and this had an ending like that. Great ending. I loved the ending. No spoilers, but uh, it ended on a, a dark note. I really appreciated that. And Straight then, to credits. Yes. All right. No ending laugh. Okay. That's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm waiting for a joke. Somebody say a joke. Oh. <laughs> My wife has been calling this pumpkin man all week. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking millennial. Anyway, this is one that I, uh, it's like the back of my hand. Uh, Pumpkinhead, uh, 1988, uh, Stan Winston, classic. Um, Lance Henriksen, uh, he is the horror movie Clint Eastwood. He's a whole bunch of, in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and the kid from uh, A Christmas Story. Nope. He he kind of looks like the kid from A Christmas Story. Looks like the kid from Jerry, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> oh, is he the kid from Jerry <laughs> Maguire? Okay, I've never seen that. He is that. not. He is not, clearly. No, but he's a cross between the two. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I was yes. thinking both of those. Yes. But um, this is a revenge story. It's a, a again, a, it's a witch story. It's a creature feature. Um, it's folk horror. It's lots of things. I think overall... Biggest strength of Pumpkinhead um, is obviously the creature, but the tone of the entire movie. Um, it has like it has an aspect of, of slasher because you have the the teenagers or whatever they are, college kids maybe a little bit older than teenagers, eighties teenagers which are like forty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're dirt biking, they're raising hell, they're going out to the cabin, uh, they're going to have fun in the woods like kids do, and they dirt bike over. Lance Henriksen's son, Ed Harley's son, uh, Billy Harley, and they kill him. 
And Ed Harley goes and seeks out some local folklore uh, witch. And he goes to see this witch. And you can get vengeance through this witch. And you have to pay the price of your soul and your your conscience and all of that. And there's a, there's a large price to pay, which Ed Harley finally... Uh, realizes and he's trying to rectify this throughout the movie as Pumpkinhead who is brought back from the dead from the pumpkin patch like some terrible <laughs> crazy uh Charlie Brown pumpkin yeah. patch thing come come back to life it looked a little bit like Sam mm. from yeah. Trick or Treat mm-hmm. uh, uh as the the Pumpkinhead uh, is first given the blood of Lance Henriksen and his son and uh, whatever, like Eye of Newt or whatever this witch is doing, she puts it all together. He kind of looks a little bit like Sam, and then he grows into this thing that's almost like an H.R. Geiger, like yeah. alien kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I like the way the creature looks in this. I like the way he moves. I like the lighting. I like the tone of this whole movie. Um, I, I like the story. I think uh, that this is, like, for me, this era of horror, this is the complete top of the heap because what you had in this era was like dream warriors and you had a lot of stuff really relying on some really over the top special effects and some really cheesy stuff this was when horror was getting a little out of control i'm a big 80s fan but going into the 90s it got a little out of control and this movie was almost uh not a throwback because it was current but it was honest to what uh, was was good about the era at that time. And I love this. Stan Winston is a special effects guru. This is amazing. I love Pumpkinhead. What do you guys think? This is an interesting one for me because Pumpkinhead is, is legendary. It's a huge cult classic. Everybody knows Pumpkinhead. You hear Pumpkinhead. You can picture the cover of the movie and you can picture the creature. I don't think I'd seen this since I was like... 10 years old. Yeah. I think I saw Pumpkinhead one time. Yep. And then was like, cool, I saw Pumpkinhead. And then it just keeps coming back up in pop culture and in everything else. You know, this spawned a couple, you know, DTV sequels, apparently had a comic book, and, and everyone, you know, oh, Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead. I hadn't gone back and watched it, and I'm so happy that you made me do it, Dave, because this is great. Uh, a little slow at times. I would say like 25 to 50 minutes is a pretty it's a pretty big drag. Yep. Um, but I love it. It has a lot of heart. So much more heart than I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, Pumpkinhead. The way that I remembered it, I said this to you earlier, Dave. I remembered, okay, it's Lance Henriksen and it's Pumpkinhead. So he must be fighting Pumpkinhead like just for the whole movie. I forgot about... The, the sun aspect, I forgot about your cliche 80s teens aspect, but, you know, we need somebody for Pumpkinhead to kill, so obviously. But what when, you know, we're, we're watching it right now, Trent. If, oh, if we are. Notice. Okay, it's on. We're we're watching, we're watching it right now. Okay, it's it, on. So we got you know, a TV and everything. And just so you know, we're, we're watching it right now. You can't see it, of course, but we are watching it. So we're at the point where the 80s kids show up. We're watching it. <laughs> I do the interrupting on this podcast, Dave. <laughs> so I, I forgot all about all of those aspects, and I honestly was really surprised at how heartwarming the relationship between Lance Hendrickson and his son Billy is in a very short amount of time. Like I was heartbroken. 
at you know the events that transpire. I don't think we have to worry about spoiling Pumpkinhead. No, um, it's you know they've already said you know kid gets it. Um, I love the look of the creature. Like you said, Dave, it's great to see Stan Winston, the legend, getting behind the camera. I would love to know what the fog machine budget was on this movie because it must have been like a quarter of the budget. Uh, but it looks great. It's not, I wouldn't say it's terribly scary. No. I would just say that there are some like really cool deaths. And honestly, most of the tension, uh, like you mentioned, Dave, about superstition, most of the tension is just getting these glimpses of the monster and you're like amping yourself up for the big reveal. Like, when do I get to see Pumpkinhead in all of his glory? And when you do, for 1988, it is surprisingly not disappointing. So I would say this is a must-watch. Unfortunately, it's only a rental right now, I think. Probably for but the season. It's well worth it for the season. Pumpkin, he pumpkin head. Pumpkin, <laughs> <head>. <laughs> pumpkin man. <laughs> he does not look like a pumpkin. So just newsflash, if you haven't yeah. heard about this, it's really just you know the pumpkin patch aspects of it. Um, but this one gave me like a ton of other movie vibes, Pet Cemetery vibes, mm -hmm. yeah, big time because of the the pumpkin patch uh, and all of that. But also like the fog, um, it gave me like the fog and the thing kind of vibes in a way. Um, it had it has a lot of of like melting pot, I guess. So not necessarily specific movies. But it has this like melting pot of horror subgenres. Like you have the 80s slasher aspect because you have the horny teens. It has the supernatural aspect because of Pumpkinhead. It has the witch. Uh, so it does kind of pull together all these uh, horror subgenres in, in a very good way. Uh, only critique some sections were really losing my attention because they're pretty slow. But yep, you know, it, it stands the test of time for not having watched it in decades. Uh, I'm super psyched that I got to go back and revisit it. First time watch for little old Kit Kat over here. I'd never seen it. Um, I was expecting more pumpkin-y monsters. Mm. Um, so that's the only <laughs> bummer that I, I could say. Um, this movie is so weird. Mm -hmm. It's just, but it's weird in a very good way, for sure. You've got this, you know, urban legend about this pumpkin-esque, I guess, looking creature that seeks revenge for the person that summons them and somehow is mentally and physically connected to them. It's just, the story is bonkers. But I thought it was executed very, very well. So it's kind of like the opposite of the last movie, a little bit, for me. The acting is very good, especially with, you know, Lance leading the pack here. And a, it's a, a ripped Lance Arm. Or ripped <laughs> let's call it the Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah. Lance Henriksen. <laughs> a ripped Armstrong. Um... It's a heartbreaking and stressful start for sure. Very much a pet cemetery zone for me. Um, very slow going. It's very like melodramatic, I would say, to start because they're building up this story so hard um, of just like how close this widower is with his uh, tiny, tiny son. Um, and then it just goes off the rails uh, with the pumpkin head summoning and the eventual you know retaliation towards the motocross teens um special effects of the pumpkin head itself are very cool very fun um while simultaneously being like hilarious because it's just like such a weird looking skeletal thing um i thought it was funny i i i thought it was just like some big dumb you know thing and then there was the moment when 
he was smart enough to like take the chain off of the bike and be like, ho, ho, ho. And then <laughs> yeah, like throw the man like, yeah. <laughs> across the way. I'm like, oh, okay. So he is small. He knows All basic right. small machine. He knows. I wouldn't uh, know to do that. Yeah. He's a, he's a bicyclist. Um, Lance Armstrong. He's, hey, full circle. There we go. Um, it was just, I thought it was a fun, you know, Halloween time watch for sure. Definitely just like a nice movie that you could be like, oh tis the season like put this in the rotation um it's just like a fun story of revenge and swamp witchy urban legends and it was just a fun a fun week great halloween pick and i would say this is also kind of hillbilly horror at yes. heart this this is kind of supernatural hillbilly city horror. folk yeah yeah <laughs> a supernatural hillbilly folk horror kind of mashup uh, we've talked about jerry Maguire and a christmas story but Blossom is in this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Ryan Bialik's her first Blossom role. is one of the or hillbilly kids on the back of the truck. Oh, I didn't oh, even know that. Oh, I didn't that. know that. Yeah. Can you? Can somebody say her name? Uh, Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik. Yes. She's uh, like, we're watching it right now in case you guys forgot. She's coming up right now. She's on Jeopardy. I, but see, now I just want to wait until we uh, see her. Confirm. Yeah. I already well, saw her a couple times. I thought the most effective right horror all the way to the left in the back of the truck in this was in the, the intro scene and also later on uh, when the people that don't have electricity won't let the people in when they're just like ignoring the people knocking at the door. It might be their best homie, but they did something that has bestowed this thing upon them, this curse, almost like the, the other movie. Um, they've done something wrong and now they just have to, you know, they have to pay the price. And they won't let them in. And there's people just pounding at the door. And there's people inside just quiet with their families by candlelight. And they're, they're not letting in, them in. And I thought that that was like the most terrifying part of it. Um, I didn't find a lot of it that scary. Uh, except, you know, I did like when Pumpkinhead would just go by a window or you see a shadow of him coming. Uh, I thought that stuff was kind of... Did I'm sorry. Did Pumpkinhead uh, steal my take? Do I, I I get to <laughs> oh, I'm say sorry, something I about this? Didn't have a take yet. On the interrupter, I, Dave is the take. Trick or treat. He is, I, I he thought you were done. I thought I, I thought we went through all. You the thought takes. my whole, my whole take was blossom. Uh, I, <laughs> I, just said, I just said yeah, blossom. That's, just that's, a, that's all. Trent's that's like, I'm so excited. There's a pregnant pause there. I didn't know uh, what to do with it. So go ahead. Nothing significant in that. I think this is the most deeply religious film we have seen. Um, excluding the devils, okay? Yeah, I was going to say, be this careful. Is, okay, be never mind the exorcism. Yeah, be no, careful th- with your... Oh, this is the, the most... most. I, I think this is the most, like, cloaked religious film we have seen since A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. This is all about vengeance. This is straight out of the good book. This is all about... And it reminded me of Saloom, uh, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, which was a little over my head, some of the stuff that was going on in Saloom, but I think both... Saloon and Pumpkinhead are about vengeance and how vengeance brings you down and brings everyone down. This whole thing is about the dad trying to get vengeance for his son. And he thinks that at some point, I think initially he thinks that he can get the son brought back. Like Kevin, you mentioned Pet Cemetery. That seems to be his first angle. But if he can't do that, he will go to the witch and just get Pumpkinhead to kill everyone and then he ends up calling it off, which the first time I was like, ah, I don't know. It seemed kind of weird. This guy just uh, changes his mind. But I think that's what it's about. It's about 
the the reason that vengeance is a sin is not you know just like a random idea it's not just because somebody said it's wrong but because vengeance takes you to a place that is going to be your own downfall when you become obsessed with revenge it's going to be your downfall and the downfall of a lot of people around you that don't really have anything to do with it i mean most of the the kids in this movie the the teens that are in their 30s they didn't really have anything to do with the accident that caused the child's death and so I thought this was pretty profound, really, and, and I did think it was slow at points. I agree with you, Kevin. It's not the most action-packed uh, pseudo-slasher from the 80s, but I thought especially a second time, once I kind of understood more what the story was about and what it was saying and the, and the religious undertones, I appreciated it more that second time through, and it seemed to go a little faster. I thought the, the pumpkin head initially looked like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I kind of kind of thought I wish he would have stayed in that mode maybe a little more. Um, uh, no pumpkin uh, resemblance whatsoever uh, in this. Well, I like that because orange. it's a folklore. They just call yeah, it pu- yeah. pumpkin head. But I, I think this is a, a timely tale of the season and uh, a, a timely tale about human nature and and about the things that that might feel right in the moment, but that. Um, are, are wrong and will lead to your own undoing when you try to exact revenge on people. You know. I thought maybe the the best special effect or the best makeup job was the witch. I thought the witch mm-hmm. and yeah, the filming great, of the great. witch. Yeah, you never saw her like straight on. You saw her like from the side. She was always in the glow of the fire. Um, I thought the witch was very ominous. Hey, so was this? Now I don't know how many movies Stan Winston has directed. I always think of Stan Winston as the effects guy yeah. who, like, I follow on Instagram who has done effects for an endless number of movies we would just do a whole episode and we could and yeah. we probably will Terminator, on Winston, Aliens but... The Thing Predator that we talked about recently you Jurassic Park I mean yeah he's I mean he's you done it all we could spend hours I read that he that he was initially supposed to do effects on this but he liked the story so much and the opening came up that maybe he could just direct it himself yes yeah there's another director attached and I don't know the circumstances of why that fell through, but yeah, Winston saw this. He he felt comfortable that this would be an opportunity for him to to make his directorial debut. Uh, there's a ton of just you brought up the blossom thing, Trent. Uh, the dog in this Gypsy <laughs> Billy's dog, same dog from Gremlins. <gasps> wow, oh, yeah. dog. To blame for Billy's demise. He, well, I mean, honestly, the assholes riding dirt bikes around a convenience store because they couldn't wait till they got to their cabin are the reason. I feel like the dad was a bit uh, negligent to just leave the boy and yeah. the dog. I mean, the dog went running out the, the screen door. There could have been more security. The dad could have maybe... I don't know. Maybe no. you don't have no, the dog. No, this is the Titanic moment. I watched this a couple times as well, and like as Lance Henriksen is leaving the store, I'm like, uh, just tell Billy to tie up Gypsy. Or just tell him to latch the door. Like, I'm going to change the movie with my mind right now. I think city folk are who is really to blame City folk, that that is how I think it is put by Hendrickson, right? The city folk did it. Hillbilly again. Mm -hmm. Also very uh, Pet cemetery was when Billy, for a short time, when Ed Harley falls asleep at the wheel, um, there's a moment where he hallucinates that the boy comes back to life and says, Daddy, why'd you do it? That's a pretty scary. That's a creepy moment. What did moment. you do, Daddy? What did you do? That's a creepy moment. Yeah, 
What did you do? I thought the um, the whole blood ritual was pretty morbid when uh, Ed Hardy, when he takes his Harley. dead son. Harley? Harley. Ed Harley. When he takes his dead son and he finally finds the witch, which he has asked the, much like Deliverance, he's sort of asked the local town folk where he can go. And when he takes his dead son to the witch, she draws blood from both him and from the son. I thought that was pretty morbid for kind of a light you know, 80s pseudo slasher like this, kind of dark. Well, I think I think one of the cool things about this, too, is you don't get much of, like, an exposition dump. No. So there's, like, one part, like, when they go to the... So the, the surviving teens run to the... Tra- and some of the hillbilly kids, they run to, like, this old... I mean, by church, I mean, it. this is old. It's, it's oh, just I wood. love that Frame. scene. Great scene. And they're trying to... Like, basically, the the hillbilly kid is, like, just trying to recall, like, stories that they heard growing up. Right. You don't get, like, an official exposition dump, not even from the witch. Like, when they got to the witch cabin, that that had already, we'd already experienced, like, kind of a slow period. And I thought, damn it, this is where the movie's going to, like, completely run out of gas, and the witch is going to ramble on. No, she's very um, cryptic. No, but it's more, it's like, it actually turns creepier and, like, kind of heightens the tension for me. So I, I've never seen the sequels, so I no, don't know if we, know. Like, we get a history no. of Pumpkinhead or something. But honestly, uh, like a movie that I recently went to see in the theaters, uh, Barbarian, uh, you really don't get the answers that you would traditionally get in a horror movie that wants to just yep. sit you down and for five straight minutes, yep. some know-it-all is going to explain everything to you and then get back to the killing. I'd say that's a strength of the movie, that it yeah. doesn't take you through that. All you know is that if you go to the, the, the Pumpkin Cemetery, uh, you you can dig up the vengeance of the... The Pumpkin Cemetery. The Pumpkin Head. It's the same. So the, the cemetery is uh, people who are ashamed of their dead. Right. They bury, buried in there. Right. They bury dead that they're ashamed of, I guess. That's kind of how the witch describes it, right? Right. I thought it was interesting that um, Ed, the the father, he takes on this very uh, physically symbiotic relationship with Pumpkinhead right away. Every time Pumpkinhead right. oh, yeah. is, is killing someone, he kind of Ed it. physically is is like uh, having a seizure. He's like falling down. He's breaking down. He he is very physically attached to the vengeance that Pumpkinhead is seeking, and so right away, it, it, it's hurting him. Ed, Ed is immediately feeling the effects of this vengeance and it's not good uh you're talking about uh stan winston movies and there aren't many there's pumpkin head there's a gnome named norm he directed that from 1990 that was one of his other directorial things he did a guns and roses video you could be mine Oh. It's a short wow. film, like well, the that, boxing one. Well, he was That's involved like the... in Terminator. That wasn't wasn't that the Terminator T two three D Battle right. Across Time video short, right? Uh, Nineteen ninety six. So it was a video short that was just a three D thing that was maybe made for like, you know, an exhibit at Dis- Disney or Universal Studios or something like that. It sounds like he did a movie, uh, another short film called Ghosts, and he did Michael Jackson's oh. Ghosts. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. Michael Jackson had a music video from 1997 called Ghost. That, uh, it was directed by Stan Winston. And R.I.P. 2008. It's too bad he didn't do more because I thought that he nailed a lot of things that a lot of first-time directors of horror don't do. I thought it was a little more sophisticated than a lot of your debut horror movies. I mean, he'd been on 
a thousand horror movie right. sets before this, so he had yes. a little bit. You know, it's like well, yeah. it's like the engineer that has engineered one thousand albums, and then some band. Now like, he's a you producer. Produce? Finally, like, yeah, yeah, you want to produce? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Stan Winston. I just, I'm just wish saying he had, he had a little bit of a head start of on. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because yeah, of that, that knowledge. No, it's a good yeah. point. This movie shows that he had a lot more potential. I was surprised that this was a theatrical release. I always assumed, but again, you know, Dave, you're just talking about like I obviously would have caught this in like the VHS era. Um, I wouldn't have been going to see Pumpkinhead at age ten. I uh, I was going, but this three and a half million dollar budget only made four point four at the box office. I was this was not no. Th- this is more of I I know this movie from years later. People saying, oh, this is an underappreciated. You know, eighties VHS yeah, movie. You should check out Pumpkin. Money. It wasn't at the time. Yeah. It was not a the thing. property's making money. Yeah, um, you know, just because its initial box office run was a disappointment, it definitely has made its money back ten, twenty, thirty, forty fold. Um, and there's talk that there could be a reboot in the works, which I think is kind of sad. I think there is one. Um, I think it's kind of sad. I don't think this is one that needs to necessarily be remade. Oh, come I don't on. Know. We've rebooted Goodnight yeah, Mommy. But, but this, <laughs> I, I rebooted no, I'm now fully don't on get the me, reboot. Don't get me started on like the American remakes of brilliant foreign films. This is one where I think you could continue the story. I don't think you necessarily need to like reboot it. Just like retcon the sequels and say this takes place sometime after the Lance Henriksen is still out there. <laughs> like, like I was saying, it, this movie is all about the tone of the movie and it, the the folklore and the tone and the 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 setting. So like, if you stay true to that, if you do Pumpkinhead in the city, Pumpkinhead takes Manhattan or Pumpkinhead in space, <laughs> you're obviously gonna fail. But if you stick to this formula, this is a pretty easy formula for like macabre like halloween time that's why i picked these movies is because i thought this was a great like halloween yep. folklore kind of thing um i will say i thought the ending was good it set it up for yep. much yep. you know much opportunity for sequels which they did i like um, i just sure. appreciate that you were about to say opportune yeah, and then you corrected yourself. Well, you know, you can't always shorthand things. <laughs> Much People might not bro. follow. Much opportune. Much bro. opportune, <laughs> bruh. Um, but I, I don't know. It was. I think the ending that we needed from that character. It was kind of like a full circle. Like, yeah, I did yeah. this. Kind of well, a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, and then it kind of set up like how it ha- that the ending kind of explained how the cycle goes. Both great. So endings, you kind of had yeah. to wait. Yeah. I'm going to check out the sequels because lately I've realized that all of us forever have been very intolerant of sequels. I watched uh, The Howling Five. I I, I beg for (laughs) franchises on a weekly basis. I watched The Howling Five recently, and it was not as good as the first Howling, and it wasn't the same, but it was a completely different movie. Uh, Prom Night 2, Hello, Mary Lou. Lou, Like It's a totally different movie. And that happened a lot in this period. So I'm going to start going through and I'm going to research some of these sequels because sometimes they get a bad yeah, rap just yeah. because the original is so iconic. Right. And I think right. this movie's like that, but I could see. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction that the sequels to Pumpkinhead are pretty unwatchable. Well, I, I, if I had more time this week, I wanted to go to the second one just because it's called Pumpkinhead Blood Wings. 
like Always it sounds like wings, a dancing snap. song or something. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see Pumpkinhead Blood Wings. I he didn't flies. have a chance. He but. takes to the sky. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. You guys recognize the dad of the hillbilly family? No. Buck Flower? Nope, no clue. I did recognize that dude. You should recognize him because he's constantly popping up in movies as like a drunk or a homeless guy. So he show like he's in the fog, Escape from New York, Back to the Future, They yeah. Live that we've talked about, but he was always playing like a homeless drunk guy. Mm-hmm. This is one of his few roles where he wasn't well, a homeless drunk but guy. But he's not that far well, from yeah. that. He seems in this like role. A, he's he a hillbilly like drunk a fine guy. Dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A fine dad to like thirty kids? Well, yeah, but he refuses he's the one who refuses to take Ed to the pumpkin head witch. He won't do it. It's yeah. his dumb son. Who ends up doing it? So he he can his character can stand up uh, morally in this story. Do you remember the night that uh, uh, the studio, uh, the other guy that runs the studio, Ben, with me, his sister uh, took an airplane and got dropped off at the space yes. by like an Uber, yes. and she was knocking at the door. We wouldn't let her in during the podcast. It reminded me a little bit of Pumpkinhead when they won't let <laughs> yeah, the intro. Yeah, in. yes. the intro. Apparently, the guy that plays that guy from the intro played Michael Myers in Halloween Two. Uh, the worst and, one. And also of shows all, up all of the. You think so? Halloween Two is very bad. So fucking bad. And oh. I watched it in the past year. Cat, you just saw Halloween yeah. Two. What'd you think? Um, not. My favorite. Not good. It's so bad that it spawned Halloween 3, which was like it. back to the drawing board. Yeah, I yeah. went into it thinking, I, I always thought 1 and 2 are the best ones, and I always like 3. We've talked about that. It's a different story, but I was I went into it thinking like, oh yeah, Halloween 2. Now that was when sequels are, uh, you know, were good. Mm. Not good. And the thing that they Not did good. in that one that sucks for the rest of them is in Halloween 2, they raised this preposterous notion that Laurie Strode and Michael Myers were brother and sister. Yes. They wanted to make The Empire Strikes Back of the Halloween, <laughs> yes. you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, Luke, yeah. I'm your father, whatever, like, yes. whatever. That Princess was, uh, Tarantino has called that the original sin of the entire franchise, was trying it to is. kind of It is, because they the all, after together. that, they all suck, because anyone that tries to tie in that plot line right. is doomed, essentially. Well, Halloween ends. Yeah. Coming up soon. Coming up Theater soon. Theater soon. Can't wait. Yeah, some things need to die. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I'm just. I'm waiting for uh, my my those, the movie that I would make. Uh, Blumpkinhead. <laughs> I hate you. What's the Blumpkin? Is that when you poop make that in the top yet? of the toilet? No. Nope. Uh, Blumpkinhead. Blood wings. I don't. <laughs> I think it's when you're head when you're taking a shit and yep. getting head. I think that's a Blumpkin. Yes. Oh. Yes. I will now throw up. I can't believe you didn't make that joke. The I whole can't believe night. that people get ahead without taking a shit. Oh, God. oh. Okay. it's almost involuntary. Kevin, did you did you have any? Oh, next Blumpkin week, Pumpkin Man. Kevin. Well, well, next first, week, real quick, um, Pumpkin Head was played by an actual person, actual pumpkin, <laughs> actual someone with an actual pumpkin head. That's how good the special effects were. You couldn't tell his head was a pumpkin. Now he was played by an actor named Tom Woodruff Jr who was nominated for an Academy Award for Death Becomes Her, which was like a Meryl Streep, Bruce yeah, Willis, Goldie yep. Cat yep. Nose. Yep. Um, 
but he's he's an FX guy mostly too. As we shouldn't be surprised, Stan Winston was like pulling in all his buddies. Like let's right. let's bring in all of us, Dream Team, Avengers Assemble. Um, so he got an FX nomination for Alien Three this same year, which is pretty surprising. Uh, he's also done work on the Monster Squad, Aliens, Leviathan, uh, Tremors, which we've talked about. Uh, and uh, like Stan Winston, he's a legend, just not as not a household name like Winston. Uh, and apparently this was inspired by a poem that oh, I did yes. not do my due diligence to yeah. look up, so I apologize. But it's inspired they touch by upon a poem it at by, one point. Yeah, by yeah. A, a poet named Ed Justin. So yes. if you wanted to dig into that. Um, Boyan Abazeli did the cinematography, which I think was very good. He's done uh, that California movie, California with a K. He did The Ring. He did Underwater, Trent, that we talked about on the Patreon. We yep. didn't love it, but that it was, is uh, a... was Case 2. It's a, yeah, that, it's a... It's a really well shot movie, in my opinion. And then music by Richard Stone, which I thought was hilarious because he has a huge filmography for TV and film music, but they're mostly like John Hughes films and Looney Tunes. And I thought the music for Pumpkinhead was appropriate to the tone that you keep talking about, Dave. But I'm like, where did they dig this guy out of? They're like, oh, you did the Bugs Bunny music? You'd be perfect for Blumpkinhead. Did you Pum- say Blumpkin? On purpose. <laughs> Thank God. Pumpkin, uh, pumpkin head. Uh, next week. I love Kevin, your pie. What, what are we uh, checking out? It's your you week. Kill my kid, Once you're going to die. It is my week. It just, gosh, feels like I just had a week. This These weeks go so by so quick. fast, don't they? So I got I real like we excited last here. time. You know, needed to get okay, started getting my podcast. Halloween picks in. I gave you guys trick or treat, tales of Halloween. We know that. Halloween yeah, we know. Movies. We know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm staying with the Halloween theme. And I'm going to start with 1988's Night of the Demons, which it takes place on. It's about a Halloween party. And then Halloween adjacent, but Halloween is still part of this movie. I'm going to go with 2003's uh, May. Lucky McKee. Uh, On Shutter. Both of these are on Shutter right now, so they're both free. 